1: to do Packers without borders, the greatest podcast on the
2: planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos a empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor. La Risa, y los empacadores de Green Bay.
0: Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay
2: Packers. Go Pack, go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte.
1: This is Neebles from Chicago, Illinois, and you are listening to Packers Without Borders, the finest podcast in all the land.
0: Welcome to Packers Without Borders. I am your co-host up here in Oak Bank, Manitoba, Canada. I am joined, as always, by my good buddy down in El Paso, Texas, Bruce Edmonds. How you doing, Bruce?
2: I'm feeling a little bit of the uh, eagle fang karate mood today. That's what I'm in the mood for today, a little eagle fang karate. Danger, danger, danger. Look out. We are joined, special guest today, quarterback Matt,
0: Matt Kuhneman,
1: all the way out, in Nebraska. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing good, man. Uh, probably not as cold here as it is where you're at, but, uh, you know, I tell people if you come over to Omaha, uh, it's the best zoo, I guess, in the world, you could say, and uh, we host the College World Series in June, but then for the, the meat lovers out there, we have the best steaks you will ever eat uh, with Omaha Steaks, but uh, Omaha being the exact midpoint of the country um, is... <laughs> probably the most bipolar weather you will ever see, uh, in your entire life. So you get all four seasons within a week, uh, uh sometimes. So,
0: so Matt, uh, you played a little quarterback and apparently, uh, you worked out with the uh, $30, $30 million man.
1: I did. So I'll, I'll try to keep this short. Um, so yeah, I played a uh, semi-pro arena football as well. Um, and, uh, had a great time doing that met a lot of just guys over the years played with guys that, um, either were, you know, dropouts from the XFL, you know, NFL, whatever. Um, I actually had, um, over the years, um, uh, XFL, uh, connections, um, was looking at potentially going into doing that. The problem was just with injury history and things like that. Um, I just, I had too many shoulder separations, too many concussions felt like it wasn't worth it for, my point, you know, in my life at that time, and uh, you know, I just I realized that, um, you know, I want to be, uh, uh, you know, well into my forties, fifties, years down the line, and and be able to enjoy my kids in the backyard one day, you know. So I'm, I'm like, forties, forties is 40s years down the line and then, to this uh, guy. What are you, twenty one? Man, I no, <laughs> heck no, no, no. I am just about to hit 30. I'm, I'm, I'm about there. So my body already is, you know, kind of beat up, you know, I've been playing for, you know, a long, long time. So, um, you know, and just with all the injuries and, and, and my mindset when I played was kind of like the Brett Favre mindset, I didn't want to stop, you know, so I knew I was concussed. I knew I was not feeling right. And I just kept going out there and, you know, you kind of avoid the doctor, or the trainer on the sideline, you know, you stay on the other side of the sideline from him. So, um, that's kind of just, you know, my story about the injuries, but, um, the Devonte Adams thing actually, where that came about, um, was I, uh, so I, I'm about 45 minutes South of, uh, or sorry, North of Lincoln, Nebraska, Lincoln is South of, of Omaha. And, um, at the time this was about 2016, uh, coach Keith Williams was the wide receivers coach for Nebraska. Well, uh, we nickname him, uh, Dub is his nickname. Well, he is now the passing game coordinator with the Baltimore Ravens, and he was the guy that Devonte posted that picture with okay, um, yeah. after that Ra- that Ravens-Packers uh, game that happened back in December. So the connection between that is that's actually Devonte's college-wide receivers coach from Fresno State when him and Derek Carr played together. So oh. how, how that connection was made was – Um, growing up, I had went to the Nebraska quarterback camp and built connections through that. Um, and basically, um, a bunch of my, my friends from different camps across the country, some of them ended up going and playing for Nebraska. And then I played arena ball down the line. And so, um, Keith Williams or coach Dub reached out to me and said, Hey, Um, We're going to be doing a couple summer camps. This was probably July. So it was always usually like a month before training camp. So um, usually like the beginning of July, end of June, um, right before training camp would start. And so um, he essentially would, would hit me up and say, Hey, uh, come down to the stadium. It's going to be about two, three day camp. um, And these guys are going to be coming into town. I'm going to be doing, um, you know, just route geometry stuff with these guys. Um, would you mind just, I need some extra arms. Would you mind throwing to these guys? So I get there and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking it's going to be a couple college kids or something like that. You know, maybe, you know, a couple other arena guys, I know stuff like that, which there were, um, college and arena guys. I get there and all of a sudden I'm seeing Tyree Kill, James Jones, Devonte Adams. I'm like, oh. what in the world am I in right now? Zach yeah. Pascal on the Colts, uh, Devontae Parker or Sammy Watkins was there, um, uh, wow. D'Anthony Thomas uh, from Oregon. I don't know if many people remember. He almost won a high school at Oregon. Yeah. The blazer D'Anthony Thomas. So um, and actually if people go to my Instagram um, you can see some of the posts that, that I did um, with some of these guys. And um, it was pretty cool. And it, Ryan Grant was another one. He actually was n- not the running back Ryan Grant, the uh, wide receiver. Yeah. We signed. He was on our practice squad two years ago yeah. um, in green Bay. Um, I'm real cool with that guy played uh, a wide receiver at Tulane um, had a pretty great career over at uh, Washington for a few few years so uh, he he was there um, and actually we worked out to um, a couple times in Lincoln but then um, I went over to Indianapolis uh, because I lived near there uh, for a few years and uh, went over to um, the Colts Lucas Oil Stadium when he was with the Colts and went on the field there and just, you know, messed around a little bit and did some workouts and things like that. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so basically Devante happened to just be there and um, got to meet him. And then we linked up one time at uh, training camp and just talked for a little bit um, going down. Uh, what is that dream drive? And um, on the way to the stadium from uh, Nitschke, so him and I chatted, but no coach Dub has been a personal uh, a mentor and, and friend to me and as well as all these other guys I mentioned so um, you know got to meet James Jones we um, exchanged conversations and um, I got something where he just signed something for my grandfather because my grandfather's been a Green Bay fan since 1957 when Lambeau opened so um, that's where my fanhood kind of came from was my grandfather but uh, you know getting to throw with these guys was, was quite the experience I'm not gonna lie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, it really helped me even get more film out. And so, you know, I started getting more contacts or, you know, more guys that wanted to reach out high schools, like, Hey, would you want to come coach this, you know, quarterbacks camp this weekend or uh, us and a couple of guys are going to put this camp together. So really that helped me. Cause you know, that's something I'm still doing today is just coaching quarterback camps or breaking things down on zoom calls. Like, you know, Saturdays in the fall is extremely busy because you get all these high school kids from either Omaha or around the country, quite frankly, that reach out to me on Instagram or, you know, their, their coach knows me. And so they'll hit me up and I'll sit down on Saturday and break down film with them for an hour and be like, okay, this is why you threw that interception you threw to the flat on a cover two. you threw to the deep middle on a cover three, you know, and and just sit down and help these guys. And so, um, you know, a lot has come from that whole, Devontae Adams workout stuff, but it, it was great, man. We, we enjoyed it. It was a good two, three years that we used to go every summer and be right at Memorial stadium where the Huskers play and just, you know, be out there on that turf and just really get after it. So. it's, Matt, it's
2: Yeah. So, well, I, I wanted to ask you just, and specifically to, to you Devontae mean, Adams. You mean the other Matt. This yes, is going to no, be the, okay. the legit match. the legit. I'm just going to oh, say the legit man. <laughs> Legit, Matt. So, you know, in throwing to Devontae Adams and the, the caliber of players that you have, did you already see something at that? Set? What is it that you could see in him? Because you said he helped you right along the way in terms of you putting on film and those things. What What is it that makes him unique? We know it's the route running, but just in you seeing it firsthand, what is it about him that makes him such a special player? I think with him, it's his first step. Um, I, that
1: first step off the line, I've not seen anybody that has that. Um, his just ability to he knows where he's going and a lot of guys are sometimes at the at the line of scrimmage they're trying to figure out okay you know let's see what the db does and then I'll make my move no devonte makes his move and he says you're going to adjust to me so what i like about devonte is the ability to where he understands and he predetermines like what he's going to do he has it in his mind that this is what I'm going to do. This is the route I'm going to run. I've practiced it a million times. And if the corner adjusts to me, I already have a secondary plan B to that. And that's what's so cool about him. Because, you know, Tay's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's so like just his craft is so good. That's how he gets open. Ryan Grant was the same way. Ryan Grant was Jordan not going
2: to.
1: Jordy Nelson, gonna, you, you Nelson not, same way. Right? Just not going not to beat you like Tyreek Hill. See, Tyreek yeah. Hill is, bla- is a blazer. Tyreek kill is like the only guy that I think none of the quarterbacks could like overthrow. Like we could chuck that ball, 60, 70 plus yards and we're not overthrowing him. Like it's impossible. So um, Tyreek kill is that blazer guy, but the craft guy is, is Devante. And that's what I just, I love watching about Devonte so much is like, you know, it's kind of the best of both worlds. You're watching a guy who has that great first step. And then you're watching a Tyree kill who is like, not even reached full speed, 30, 40 yards down the field. And he's still going. And <laughs> it, it, it was, it was just, it was great to see both worlds of that, you know? And then, because even in arena ball, there was receivers I played with that were easy four, three speed and, and faster than Devonte, But was their route running as good as him? No. So their first step wasn't as good as him, you know, going against a press coverage, going against, you know, what, what type of shade corner are you going against inside, outside? How's he playing you? Devontae is like so good at understanding the shade of the corner and what his depth level is and just adjusting to that and then saying I've practiced this craft against this shade or this type of corner and that's what makes Devontae so good what makes Tyreek Hill so good is like his ability to just just fly by anybody and understand the zones in the middle of the field where to sit where to continue you know they always teach you in man coverage, you continue your route. In zone, you find a window, you sit in the zone. You don't keep running into another zone. So, you know, that's Tyreek Hill is so good as far as that aspect. Um, you know, James Jones was fun to watch too because James Jones is type that, that type of guy that um, he, he, would, he would jump over people, man, and just make the stupidest catches. Like, James Jones would not drop many footballs. And I know he had that one in the Super Bowl that he dropped, but, like, other than that, like James Jones, what I liked about him was like his ability to his his footwork was insane, like insane for a guy. Is, and he's huge, too. If you've ever stood by James Jones, like that dude is huge, like almost almost he, he's, he's got a, a good size to him to where it's like you'd think this man could almost line up as like what Lazard does, you know, like Lazard kind of does that wing like tight end stuff where he's kind of like a hybrid receiver tight end, and because his blocking is so good, you know, James Jones is in incredible shape, and I always liked watching him catch the ball, you know, on the sideline, because he always knew where he was on the field, and he, he practiced that way, so, you know, James's football IQ was, was unbelievable, it was one of the best I've ever been around, for sure.
0: Nice. You know, Jordy, Jordy Nelson was sort of the same way, right? He didn't have that breakaway speed like Tyreek Hill, but every single time he lined up, he was always wide open. You know, it was, it was a little mind bottling, mind bottling. Yeah. That's nothing out of Bruce for mind bottling.
1: (laughs) I miss, I miss the deep play action stuff that Green Bay used to do. You know, I really do. I miss it. It was like you always do at least once or twice a game that, you know, Rogers was going to connect somewhere down the field to, you know, Jordy or Jennings or, you know, driver in that one year he played with him. You know, it's like you knew somewhere Rogers was going to have that shot. It's like, I mean, you guys remember in the, 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 the Twitter space we just did a, a week or week and a half ago, I had been saying I was so concerned about Green Bay if MVS doesn't play against San Francisco. I felt like we were in trouble because yeah. he's our only deep threat, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Let's –
0: uh. Let's uh, bypass some of this Aaron Rodgers drama. We all know uh, uh, about it. We we all hear it. It is a constant feed in our timelines. And I mean, really all of it is just going to be speculation and uh, horse hockey until we get, uh, you know, into March when he's going to decide to uh, either play, stay, go get traded, whatever he's decided. Um, Let's, let's talk about Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett moving on to uh, the Denver Broncos. Good for Nathaniel Hackett. Well-deserved. Got himself a head coaching job. This is the dream, of course, of absolutely every single coach. I know that when I coached, you know, I, I started as the DB's coach. I was assistant to the DB's coach. And then I and the next year I was the DB's coach. And then two years later, the defensive coordinator. And you slowly, right, you you, you work your way up the line. You get spoon-fed assignments until finally you can take care of the whole thing what uh what what type of loss is that for a quarterback to lose your offensive coordinator that you've had for a couple of
1: years uh, you know for me I I've experienced that um I have and you know it really boils down to how much is the head coach involved with the offense you know if he's kind of an offensive guy it's yeah, it's always going to be a loss because you have that 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 relationship with that guy. You watch film with that guy. So um, that is where the, the hard part is, um, you know. But if you have like a defensive coach, it's even harder. You know, if your head coach is like a, a Vic Fangio type where his specialty is, is more of a, you know, defensive mindset, well, yeah, losing an offensive coordinator might be tough because that offensive coordinator probably called plays for you too, you know. Um, losing – Hackett in Roger's case yeah he built that relationship with him LaFleur though calls the place so I mean it's not as hard as what I described beforehand but you know I I definitely experienced times you know high school all the way through you know arena ball where I had different offensive coordinators guys got different jobs because you know either we performed or we you know we performed so well that guys moved on and got a job of their own like Hackett's case so um you know i think it's just getting used to somebody new but that's why i'm really hoping green bay does uh, 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 promote within you know like a getzie or stenovic because that way you're keeping things you know at the same pattern and the same rhythm that you've built to already so
2: and we know that who, they've already made an offer to stenovic right um Mm-hmm. Some teams have made it. And really the, the selling point that they're trying to do to draw him away from the Green Bay Packers. We've talked about this on the last part where I said, you know, everybody's talking about these guys leading to these other teams it's like, hold on, wait a second. The offensive coordinator position for the Packers is still open. But what these teams are saying is, oh, no, you'll get to call plays over here. You're not going to be calling plays there. That's kind of like a, a selling point for these other teams to try to pull away our internal candidates. Yeah. And the offense isn't going to
1: change much. I I, I really doubt that if they, if they put Getze or Stenovich up there, I doubt the offense is going to change much. I think LaFleur is very involved with, you know, it, I would be very concerned if you're trying to promote Stenovich or Getze and LaFleur was a defensive guy, you know, but if you're, if you're talking in this case, promoting a Getze or Stenovich and LaFleur is calling plays, then quite frankly, LaFleur is very much involved as kind of the offensive coordinator because, you know, it's really him calling plays. It's a lot of his offense. I think, you know, if anything, if Stanovich becomes the offensive coordinator, if anything, it might just be more situational. Like, you know, he might give a suggestion to LaFleur as far as like, hey, you know, let's add some schemes. This was some running schemes that maybe Hackett and you had that I want to throw in because – you know, Stenovich has offensive line uh, uh, experience, right, as, a, as, a, as an O-line coach. So maybe you're just check, checking and, and changing the protection schemes in the pass game. You know, maybe it's um, being more creative with who you're pulling. I mean, we saw Trent Williams on the Niners pulling, you know, the left tackle. He's pulling on an outside, like, sweep play. I mean, who does that? You know, Kyle Shanahan is a genius for throwing – curveballs at teams and little wrinkles at defensive coordinators. And I think that might be the type of things you see, but at the end of the day, if Rogers comes back, it's still very much whatever LaFleur and Rogers want to do for sure. So nice. So we're taking a look
0: at this weekend's games. We've got, uh, of course, the AFC and the NFC championship games this uh, weekend on Sunday, <laughs> got my dates, right? So on Sunday, We've got the Bengals at Kansas City. We've got San Francisco at the Rams. Let's tackle the AFC game first. The Bengals at Kansas City. Of course, I have the Bengals. Uh, Bruce has decided he wants Kansas City Chiefs in this one. Matt, how are you feeling about this game? Who do you think is going to win? What do you think? Uh, any predictions?
1: So, I want the Bengals so bad. Like, I want the Bengals so bad. I am. Yes. Yes. Um, great minds <laughs> i am a huge huge joe burrow fan um love that guy love his swagger um because that's what you need as as a quarterback um i think honestly joe burrow and jamar chase are the next rogers Devonte adams of the nfl and they're going to ruin the nfl in a, gr- a very good way um i, I think they're going to take over down the line um but uh quite frankly, I do not think the Bengals are going to win. Um, the reason for that being, and everyone's saying, well, the Bengals won earlier in the year. Yeah, that was in Cincinnati. Um, I understand the chiefs, you know, gave up, what was it? 11 catches for 266 yards and three touchdowns to chase. But here's the problem is, you know, I understand it's the same defense that's out there, but you're at home now if you're Kansas city, um, and Arrowhead is only two hours from me. And I'll be honest with you. I cannot stand that place. Like that place is so, it's so rowdy. Like that place is unreal. Like the, the, the just it's crazy. Like you can't win there. It's almost impossible to win in that stadium. Um, I was actually at the the, the Jordan love game, um, in Kansas city, uh, when he started that game that, I mean, that stadium is just, is, is just wild. Um, you know, and of course, all the Chiefs fans were, you know, hollering at Packer fans when Green Bay lost that game saying, uh, you know, maybe you need your immunized one back at quarterback to come in here and beat us or, you know, hope y'all, <laughs> hope y'all are immunized on your trip back and, you know, all of this, like just just never stopping. And um, I was also at the Cincinnati Green Bay game in Cincinnati because uh, one of my good buddies is a season ticket holder uh, of the Bengals. So he called me and you know, I flew out there because I actually used to live in Ohio. So I, I went out to that game and it, it's not even the same as Arrowhead, not even close, you know, and even with, you know, all the missed field goals in that Green Bay Cincy game, I think there was still 60% Packer fans and 40% Bengal fans. I remember Joe Burrow not being able to get the snap off on third down because there were go pack go chants going on. That would never happen in Arrowhead, never. And so I personally think, and also the NFL is not going to allow the Bengals to, to win tomorrow. It's just, it's too good of a story to be true, honestly, in my opinion. I think Burrow is a future, you know, down the line, potential Super Bowl candidate. Um, I, like I said, I want him to win. I know Stanley Morgan, one of the receivers on the Bengals, he played for Nebraska. Um, good guy. I, I want the Bengals to win. Do I think they will? No, I think it's going to be just too crazy an arrowhead. I just don't see it happening. I think it. I think it's going to be a shootout. I do think the Bengals will score, um, but they got to they got to protect uh, uh, Burrow. And nine sacks was it against Tennessee? Uh, That's not going to get paper it done. bag. Paper I've bag. I've been saying it.
0: I've been saying it since last year. If Joe Burrow has an offensive line, he he's undefeated. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If if he can get three seconds back there, he will tear people apart. But he's not. He's not getting two half of the time as he's. As he's taking the snap, they're coming across already, you know? I know, I know, it's Tennessee's. That was Tennessee's front four. Tennessee has probably arguably got one of the top five, if not top two, front four. Their defense is fantastic, and they knew bringing pressure on Burrow was the way to cripple the Bengals. At the same time, all the experts knew, Derrick Henry's going to run for 200 yards. It's going to be a complete blowout. Bengals have no chance. I think the Bengals, much like Aaron Rodgers when he won his Super Bowl, I think they're young enough, dumb enough to not really clue into what they're actually accomplishing, and they might stumble their way into a Super Bowl. And you know, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, they've been on a tear since they took a, since they beat Jordan Love. It's about time that they lost one. You know, you know what's harder than going six and zero? Seven and zero, oh. you know, it's harder than going seven and oh, eight and zero. Oh. The time is running out on their grain of sand, right? The, the, the sands are are dropping out. I think I, I I'm going with the Bengals, and I think. uh, uh Kansas city and uh uh you know uh, uh Mahomes uh girlfriend and uh his uh his his brother will be dancing or spraying <laughs> people champagne. with champagne TikTok yeah oh.
2: TikTok and champagne and then she's like Galore.
0: why are people upset with me okay so it's below freezing and you're spraying me down with champagne while I sit in the hundred dollar seats that I could hardly afford so I could watch come on come on come on Okay. Well, your, your, they're
1: now your doing some charity did, for it or something. They just too, signed
0: right? a $2 billion deal or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Because well, it, oh, she started a on. charity, right? And, yeah. 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 Because she feels like she's being excluded and picked on. And it's like, listen, while you're up there in your ivory tower, if you could maybe close the windows and go back inside, you know, <laughs> come on. 90% of the fan base <laughs> in Kansas City, they can't afford to go to all these games. And your husband's making Hundreds of millions of dollars off of it. The least you can do is pretend to be humble. You know, just pretend to be humble in front of TikTok. Oh, gosh, you know, this was really great. And then as soon as TikTok's over, shoot everybody with gold champagne, whatever it is you want to do. Right. Run up and down. I mean, I'm sorry. If you have a hundred million dollars, I can't feel sorry for you for any reason ever. I'm sorry. That's it. You're you're done. I can't. Wow. Yeah.
2: Tell us how you really feel. Legit, you don't yeah. want to know.
0: You don't want to know how I really feel. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to know how I really feel, right? I know this. I and I do know this. Okay. I played a number of years. Played all the way into the college level. I coached. Coached at uh, the minor level to the major level. Won championships. And I will tell you this. And this is a fact. The football gods are very frugal. And one day you're riding high and everything's going great, and then they take it all away. And suddenly you can't win and you can't do anything. And if you don't believe me, take a good look at when Jordy Nelson went down for the Packers and suddenly we were we were scrambling. We, we couldn't get anything going whatsoever. You have to remain humble in front of those football gods and take whatever they give you and say, thank you very much. You start spraying champagne everywhere and you know what's going to happen? You're going to get blown out and embarrassed in a
1: game. That's what's going to happen, right? I, I Your think, husband's going to people- throw 10 picks. That's what's going to happen. People understand that, you know. Just just play a game of Madden, and you'll understand that, you know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. It for some it reason you one minute, and the next it's on your side, you know. Right?
0: right. Well, and Aaron Rodgers got a little taste of it. We're going on a run. It's about a reckoning. What happened? What happened? Right. You know nothing.
2: Deal. The, sh- the only shot that Cincinnati has in this game, in my opinion, and the reason that I'm picking Kansas City and same as you, I, we're, I think we're all hoping that the Bengals, especially as Packer fans, we're hoping those Bengals get in there and make it to the Super Bowl. I think that's our second team. But my concern um, or the one thing that I truly believe will stop Kansas City from making the Super Bowl is if. The Patrick Mahomes that was looking like, and I've said this a couple of times, looking like the 2018, 2019 Aaron Rodgers throwing off platform, but just missing where he was a little bit flustered. If that guy shows up even for a half, I mean, he might obviously he can score in 13 seconds, right? I mean, that's not the point, but I think keeping when you leave Kansas City wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well when you leave Kelsey wide open, he can score. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's going to happen anyway. You're not going to be able to stop Kelsey and Hill. You're going to no. pick your poison, right? One of them is going to have a huge game. If both of them have a huge game, it's over. So I'm thinking if they can keep Casey under 30 points, they've got a shot. But I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, that's the problem. I think that Kansas City is, is pretty much an automatic 30, 30 points. And if they do that, then it, it'll be high scoring again. But I don't think they have enough in the tank to, to keep up with these guys and, and knock them off.
0: That's what they said about Tennessee. Let's move on.
2: Hi,
1: I'm Andy, I'm listening to Packers Without Borders from Sheffield, England, and you're listening to the best podcast in the world.
0: If you like the things that myself and Bruce do on Packers Without Borders, the jokes, the sports, the hilarity, give us a like, give us a subscribe,
2: hit that like, hit that subscribe button, you could, you can even sponsor the show. Just go to iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, any of those platforms where you listen to us. And leave a review for us. We love hearing from you guys that way. Appreciate a lot of the reviews and what you've done. But it's going to help us out a lot if you go out there. And, and you click like and subscribe on any platform that you listen to. It's really appreciate the support, guys. Peace. Go Pack Go.
1: People to be. That it's strange. So strange.
0: You got to pick up.
1: This is Mick coming from Granger, Indiana, listening to Packers Without Borders, the best Packer podcast on the net. San Francisco
0: and the Rams. So, of course, I'm picking San Francisco solely for the reason that I want to see the Bengals and San Francisco in the Super Bowl, the match of 1988, where the Bengals this time flipped the script and beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. That's solely because you couldn't you couldn't write it any better than that having the Bengals, you know 30 something years later meet san francisco of course bruce is thinking with his head and and stats and he's going with the rams the rams are at home what do you think matt
1: so my biggest question is what's the and i haven't heard maybe you guys know um what's the health of taylor rap and andrew whitworth for for the game tomorrow are they healthy or no they're, they're playing. playing. Yeah. Whitworth
0: is you, it, it wouldn't matter if it was a broken leg. Whitworth would tape that thing up. He's not missing that game. He's made it very clear.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's a question to me because, um, you know, I, I, I want to see with it being, you know, indoors and everything, it's, it's kind of a fast track that helps a lot of, you know, pass rushing teams, um, get after guys, you know, um, if Stafford has time, I think they just have too many weapons, more so than what Green Bay has to throw the football around and 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 make plays. Um, you know, Cooper Cup and Odell and and you know, man, if they had Robert Woods, could you imagine what that offense would look like right now? Oh, um, next just, year, if they, if would they bring relentless, if they bring Odell back, I mean, next year that that offense. I mean, and Higby, I think Higby and Ozama are the two most underrated tight ends in the yeah. entire NFL right now. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. So, you know. Especially Ozama. Especially yeah, Ozama. On the Bengals. Nobody heard of it. I, I mean, I got a buddy who's a Bengals fan, so I knew who he was. But nobody that watches football, I feel like, truly knew who C.J. Ozama was until this year. So, but going back to the Niners, you know, wouldn't it be something like the NFL, though, to have the Rams in that Super Bowl, you know, just because that would be two years in a row the home team has has hosted uh, the Super Bowl? You know, it, it just feels like, you know, and then if, if, if they do win, then it's all this notion about, well, the Rams were the first team to make a move in the 2021 offseason, you know, 2021-22 offseason by trading for Stafford. And everyone said if they get Stafford, they were going to Super Bowl because you pair McVay with a good quarterback and Stafford with a great coach, a great, you know, offensive mind. Organization. Some damage. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I I understand the Niners came back and won a few weeks ago um, in that last, what was it, the last week of the regular season? They were down 17 nothing and somehow pulled that game out. Personally, I just, I, I feel like that, you know, even having Eric Weddle with, uh, and I understand he's older and everything, but just the football IQ that he's going to bring into that game, I feel like could, could help that, that defense um, against the Niners. Even, you know, just in the, you know, stopping the run, um, Debo lining up in the backfield. That does concern me a little bit for the Rams because I feel like the Rams are best known for their corners and their defensive line. And, and a little bit of their safety play, but they're not known for their linebacker core. You know, the middle of the, of, of, of the line, um, per se, the middle of the front seven. So that concerns me a little bit, um, but I, I don't know what the Rams are going to do as far as trying to get the ball pass-wise to Sony Michelle or Cam Akers. That's not going to work. Fred Warner was all over Aaron Jones in the uh, game in Lambeau. And so they were shutting down our you know, running game for the most part with Dylan and Jones. Do you think Sonny Michel, um, you know, I don't know if Henderson's healthy, but then they got Sony Michelle and then also Cam Akers. So, you know, I feel like the Rams are going to have to try to run the ball, but, you know, I expect the Niners to play a lot of deep, high safety. Like, they didn't do that against Green Bay. They came down and played a one high safety and bracketed yeah. Devontae knowing yeah. that there's no Marquez Valdez-Scantling deep. They're yeah. not going to be able to do that against the Rams. There's no, no. way. You're, you're going to see them play that defense they did against Dallas, which was a cover six look, and they essentially left one corner sitting in the flat and another corner on the other side bailed. So a cover six is basically cover four to one side, cover two to the other, and it locks down the underneath on one side, but then the under, underneath on the other side is, is wide open, but then you have a deep half on one side, You have a quarter safety and then a corner bailing. So, really, it's a confusing defense, and I I guarantee you, I feel like the Niners are going to run cover six tomorrow. Like, they're going to get in Stafford's head, and if Stafford throws even just one or two interceptions, if he throws one tomorrow, I feel like that might not be uh, 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 enough for the Niners, honestly, even if he throws just one pick because I feel like – the, the, the Rams are going to find a way to score. They're just going to find a way to score. And I feel like Jimmy G is going to return the favor too and throw a pick at, you know, he, he's well, not going to target.
0: There was, a couple, there was a couple in that game. I, the, you remember the Stokes one. If Stokes yeah. was playing the ball on that, that was a pick six. Oh my God. There There's was one there to Amos Campbell where too. Amos was looking the wrong way. Yeah, Campbell. Like there was a handful where if the guys were actually playing the ball, we would have There's picked no this way. thing off.
1: There's no way there's any receiver on the Niners that can win a route against Jalen Ramsey. So what's Jimmy G going to do? He's going to pick on the linebackers uh, against Kittle. That's your best matchup. I, I expect Kittle to hardly be used as a blocker this game. Like yeah. maybe he'll chip Von Miller, or Leonard Floyd on the outside, and then get on his route. I don't see the, the Niners having anybody to cover George Kittle uh, uh, in in um, pass coverage. And – I think where you could see a playmaker for the Rams is Darius Williams, the corner opposite Jalen Ramsey. That is a very underrated corner right there. And he gets a lot of interceptions because nobody throws to Jalen Ramsey. So, you know, quite frankly, I'm taking the Rams, but it's going to be close. And the only reason I'm taking them is I I would want – this is why I wanted Green Bay to not play the Rams, quite frankly, in the playoffs. I, I wouldn't want anything to do with Sean McVay a third time at all. And yeah, I feel it, like – the Rams have a good enough defensive line to help stop. I mean, if, you're, if you have Aaron Donald, even with him getting double teamed, there should be no excuse to not stop the run. And honestly, Green Bay, aside from the end of the game, didn't do a terrible job stopping the run against the Niners. You know, they stopped them on that fourth and one. So, you know, quite frankly, I'm picking the, 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 the Rams to win because I feel like even if Stafford throws one interception,
2: it's not enough for the Niners because Jimmy G's gonna do the same. Sam Franz won six straight. This thing needs to balance out a little bit, right? At this point. Yeah. And and I understand it was prior to to Stafford. And that's my that's my decision in terms or what's my deciding factor in this is I trust Matthew Stafford more as a quarterback than I do Jimmy G when the, when the game's going to be on the line and having to score points, which are just, I, I expect them to score a lot of points on this Niners defense. We should have scored a lot of points on this Niners defense. I know the weather played into it, the fumble, but it was just timely plays that, that accumulated. And I, and I know now you're going to be in warm weather, right? Or well, whatever, uh, you know, a, it's a stadium, um, so there's not going to be any weather affecting it. It's, yeah. it's going to be fast track. What's going to happen. And again, it's, it amazes me that how critical the tight end position, because you mes- mentioned Uzama, who, because of fantasy football, I know who he is. And also Tyler Higby who kind of turned it on these last few weeks. <laughs> these are the teams that are in the playoffs. And I said this again, you know, how much did Robert Tanya's injury hurt the Packers ultimately as oh, much yeah. as right. I mean, that's something all of these guys have a blue chip, tight end or somebody who's playing like a blue chip tight end right now in this final four because of the schemes that they play. So I think Tanya that loss, we didn't realize how important that what loss was to us until, you know, later down the road. And as much as um, we've got big dog, who is big dog, look um, Daphne and Deguara were not Tanya, you know, and I think that affected us quite a bit. So I expect the tight ends to show in all of these games and, that it's just going to happen in all four games. that's a very good point years.
1: yeah that's a very good you know, point I, because you know go ahead go ahead
0: I, I i can think of 33 and a half million reasons why roger should have performed better that's all i'm going to say about all of that that's all i'm going to say 33
2: and a half million reasons why he should have performed better so, so tight ends so what were you thinking on tight ends legit matt i uh, here's the thing I, You know,
1: it's the same argument I have about Scantling, right? Because I don't need Scantling to be a seven catch guy for a hundred yards and two TDs. I need Scantling to just be in there to keep teams from saying, we're going to bring a safety in the box. I need Scantling to just be a clear out guy so that, Hey, a five yard flat is open. And then we can gain three or four more after the catch off that, because you bailed your corner on Scantling, you know, that's Tanyan too, Tanyan. Is one of the faster tight ends within the the NFL. You know, um, I'm not going to sit here and say he has no you know, speed uh, in Denver, but he's still not yeah. as, as slow as a, a Mercedes Lewis or a, a Josiah DeGuara or Dominic Daphne. Or Tyler he can Davis. outrun, he can outrun the linebacker. Right. He can outrun a right. linebacker easily, yeah. and that's yeah. all I wanted. And I think that's what you're going to see with the Niners and Rams tomorrow is a, I think it's a tight end game. Like I think it is a 100% tight ends game tomorrow. And because I just feel like the Rams have too much in their offensive firepower that the Niners don't have. And the Niners, I'm sorry, this, this is, this is the thing they have struggled all year to cover teams as number one wide receiver. So go ahead. If you're going to bracket Cooper cup, like you did Devontae Adams, then Odell should win his route one-on-one. Tyler Higby should win his route one-on-one. Green Bay's problem last week is they could not win routes. Nobody else could win. And when they did win, it was so just late in the game, Rodgers didn't see Lazard coming across. It was like I got to hit Devontae because it's 3rd and 11, and we panicked, and, you know, and and, and it's still – it's inexcusable for a quarterback to miss that, but it happens. I'm not going to sit here and say Tom Brady does There was about know? –
0: there was about eight eight plays, actually, uh, going over the film. where uh, I mean, there was one where uh, he threw to Cobb, and Cobb was really covered, and DeGuara was standing nine yards with his yeah. hands up completely open. There was a handful of – he started reverting yeah. back to that hero ball, and it's almost like Stafford, right? Think of Stafford 10 years ago. If he wasn't on those lonely lions trying to drag them into a win – and he was on the Rams team. Maybe he wouldn't be throwing a couple of picks every game. Maybe he That's wouldn't be true. panicking yeah. and trying to force yeah. it so much, right? It's it's so, it's 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 what you're used to playing, and he's used to this McCarthy. McCarthy goes: the wide receivers are going to win their routes, and if they don't win their routes, you've just got to hang on to the ball longer. Whereas Lafleur is like, I'm going to scheme this guy open, and we're going to try and get this guy open on this play, and we're going to work this. You know, and Rodgers is used to, listen, when the chips are down, I have to drag the team into the end zone. And he should have, just like the first series, the first series and a half, take what the defense gives you. If it's a three-yard, three-yard, three-yard all day long, you got to do that.
1: Well, what's good about 12 too, though, is we've seen countless times that he throws people open too, And not many quarterbacks can do that. I mean, Rodgers puts balls in perfect perfect placement and I think sometimes that can also be a knock against a quarterback I mean Brett Favre tried to do that look what happened you know so I think sometimes you know as, as good as a quarterback's arm may be as good as a, a quarterback's ball placement might be sometimes they get themselves in trouble and they start like you said playing hero ball instead of just taking what the defense gave them see that was the issue with the Chiefs th- th- this year and even Tony Romo alluded to it at one point this year he said you know, something about, and, and, and I had been saying this because I have a lot of Chiefs fans that I'm, I'm good friends with. And I had said, you know, they were all concerned when they were, like what was it, like four and four or something like that, or three and three and four. And I said, you guys are going on a run. I said, I've seen this with Green Bay too many times. Run the table. We're going to do this and that. I said, you guys are the Chiefs. You're going to be fine. You're going on a run. And I said, I guarantee you, you'll you be in the AFC Championship. Look where we are today. I, I, and I told them, I said, with, with Mahomes, What made the Chiefs go on the run again was two things. On defense, it was picking up Melvin Ingram so that you could put Chris Jones back at D tackle and put him back at that zero and one technique because he should never have been playing DN. He's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the entire league. Secondly, though, offensively, what we saw from Mahomes early on was he tried to play hero ball. It was always looking deep for a Tyreek Hill, kind of like Rodgers, always looking for Devontae. Devontae. Where's Devontae? Where's Devontae? Where's Devontae? And what Mahomes started to do was because Andy Reid is the same type of guy. A lot of scheme, a lot of scheme, a lot of motion, a lot of confusion, trying to get the defense to tell the the, the story before the snap, right? So what Mahomes did later in the year that really propelled this Chiefs team is it was listen, if you're gonna play too deep back, I'll take my check down all day to Travis Kelsey, I'll take underneath a uh, uh, jet touch passes to Nico to Hardman. We'll run the ball to Clyde Edwards-Hillaire. We'll get Darrell Williams involved in some pass game stuff. That is what Patrick Mahomes was doing is he just got rid of it. And, 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 and I think it would have helped him in the Super Bowl last year. I know he was under so much pressure, but if you would have just taken what, what's there instead of trying to scramble 30 yards back and throw a ball 50 yards down the field, you know, off your back foot like you're playing Madden, I think it would have helped you, you know, had you just taken what the defense gave you. And Mahomes has been doing that this year at at the second half of the season. If you go watch the film of Kansas City from the first half of the season and then the second half to now, it's like watching a completely different quarterback. He's taking what's there. He's not missing open reads. And it's the same. And and that's where I I think Stafford is actually playing well, is when Stafford doesn't get in his own head and just takes what – him and McVay have drawn up that's when Stafford's excelling because I mean he was shredding that Tampa Bay defense last week just absolutely like making throw after throw after throw and look at what happened with Brady Brady got behind and he felt like he had to start making the deep throws down the field and that's when you saw the Rams were up you know three possessions I think it was 27-3 at one point so you know that's that's what you're gonna need to see from Stafford tomorrow is like you know this is why I'm picking the Rams. They just have those weapons that even if you bracket Cooper cup, then Odell is going to be open against what their fourth corner. I mean, you know, third corner and then you still got to cover Higby and Mm -hmm. you know, they got other weapons too. I'm pretty sure. uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, you got Van Jefferson. That's, that's another guy,
2: you know? So that's, there's just too
1: many weapons.
2: Um, Personally, Jefferson did a really good job filling in that Robert Woods role, didn't he? I mean, he kind of just stepped in and it was like, where is perfect? I mean, it was just a dude that you didn't really see a big drop off from Robert Woods to Jefferson, which was really critical to this team. And yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I do believe it's going to be a tight end, heavy weekend, and it's going to be fun to watch. I don't. I, I barely yesterday decided that I'm actually going to watch football because I realized I also love the NFL and not just the Packers and I have to watch these last two weeks of football that are left, man. So I'm going to have to watch these games. I'll be drunk, but I'll be watching. <laughs> That's
0: it. Them. We we we've got we've got three games and then a nine month layover, right? So let's uh, let's uh, let's get into uh, before we go. We always uh, uh, play. Uh, Uh, a couple of games i know bruce
2: has got a uh, pretty cool game why don't you explain it bruce this is a lot of fun all right what i'm going to do is we're going to go back and forth between both of you and i'm going to describe a movie extremely poorly and you're going to try to guess what movie it is
0: between two mats dum dum dum
2: dum here we go so poorly described movies so legit matt you get first crack all right now, if you get it wrong, no, you're yeah. no, you're your host, man. Oh. you're oh. Yeah, yeah. no, you're you're Canadian, legit, man. Matt. Oh, yeah, legit, Matt. Here you go. I'm 70. Here's the 70 70
0: percent. Uh, you can't with the exchange. You,
1: you, you can't you can't throw like 1960s movies at me now, you know. No, <laughs> like, don't worry. I need some. How old do you think we so are? Go, no, holy just the, <laughs> <I'm just laughs> I got gotcha. you. I got you. Uh, listen I to the 30 year old. I haven't hit 30 yet, you know? So it's, uh, oh, yeah, man.
2: Listen. You know, I don't watch a lot of movies. To all honestly, right, let's go. So that's how I do. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. All right. So, little girl apparently has too many mushrooms, gets sucked into a vortex, landing in a strange world filled with angry flying monkeys. Oh, man.
1: Is this some Disney movie or something? Oh my god. It is god. not a Disney movie. There there uh, is a city uh... that is
2: made of, of jewels, big
1: green jewels. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 stumped, man. I told you I don't watch The a lot Wizard of, of Oz. Stumped. The Wizard, Wizard. you
0: never of Oz.
2: seen The Wizard of Oz? Man, you live in not, Nebraska.
0: I know.
1: <laughs> I, that's why <laughs> I gave you that <laughs> one.
2: I just gave you that one cuz you know it's you know, there's no place like jump, home, kid. buddy
1: can we get like, like, you know, uh, uh, some,
2: some, some other, you know, like princess buys a great one, you know,
1: like what about something like that? You know, I'll Uh, get
2: you, I'll get you with some, don't worry. uh, I'll get you with some. All all right, right. Matt, are you ready? Matt, not, not legit. I'm always
0: ready. I'm always ready. A large group
2: of people. Here you go. A large group of people spend nine hours returning jewelry.
0: Podcast, A large silence. group of people spend nine hours
2: returning, returning jewelry.
0: What is that? Is that o- Oceans 13? No.
1: You know what is that? Yeah. That's not uh that's
2: that's not one of the Narnia movies, is it? You're close. It's in it, it's an epic, it's oh it's Avengers! Epirec- it's the no. Avengers! It's not the it's Avengers, it's the Avengers Endgame. No, it's not. The, it is actually the, Lord of the Rings. Oh oh no sorry i I
1: wouldn't have got that i wouldn't have got that now narnia i knew there was something like similar i'm pretty sure because i you know the the, i mean growing up in school we watched all the you know lion witch and the ward i
2: blame i blame the clues here all right (laughs) it's poorly i blame the clues okay all right legit matt here you go i'm gonna give you a good one Grumpy emo chick decides whether to have sex with a dead dude or a dog for several years.
1: Yeah, I'm stumped, man. I told you. You gotta throw like grumpy, documentaries at grumpy me. Grumpy emo
2: chick. Grumpy emo chick decides to have sex with a dead dude or a dog oh. for several years. Ghostbusters? No, it's it's Twilight
0: oh the uh, werewolf. oh uh, all right
2: all right we're gonna poorly
0: described
2: where's
1: the where's like the clint eastwood or john wayne description yeah, yeah. You know, like like throw me some of those Yeah. Give me some all Westerns, right
2: you know? hold on here, here we go preacher right. preacher
0: returns preacher hold returns on. to a dried up gold <laughs> mine
1: and avenges deaths. Come Hail on. Rider. Ready? <laughs> Richard 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 Berkman, right. Clint Eastwood Storm a castle. You know, there you go. There you go. Hey, oh, where, where yeah. He goes, where are you there? Throw that in right. there. You know?
2: <laughs> Here you go. Ready? A psychotic Pinocchio kills people to become a real boy.
1: Say that one or more psychotic
2: time. Psychotic doll. A psychotic Pinocchio slash doll kills Chucky. people to become That's a real Chucky. boy. That's Chucky. Child's play. Good. Yeah. Child All play. Right. Yeah. Need a little bit better? Uh, All right. Yeah, a little bit. That's a good one. How about an illegal alien makes a long distance phone call?
0: Oh, that's don't easy. say it, Matt. I'm that's not going to.
2: That's easy. An illegal alien makes a long distance phone call. ET. You try to draw for
1: me. E-T. Right now? E-T. ET. No, ET. E-T
0: phone home. Yeah. Uh, the finger. <laughs> remember? Uh, he's, he's too, he's too young. He's too young. Try, try something, try something about, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Paw Patrol. <laughs> I told you,
1: man, I'm not, I'm not a big, okay. But here's the thing too young, but I know where he goes there. How That's people, true. Oh, no, the, That's the, true. It, it, I think it's all about what kind of movie somebody watches, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big Western world war two, you know, uh, do like some comedies. You know, you can't go wrong with a little Chris Tucker. You can't go wrong with, uh, uh, you know, Major Pain or, uh, you know, Wild Hogs is a great one. I love, you know, John Travolta, wow. Tim Allen. Yeah. yeah. Really, you know, all uh, right. You gotta, Here's here. one for you. How We should have started, started out the
2: movie with. <laughs> <laughs> I'll How about tell you way? one of my
1: all time classics actually is Houseguest with uh, Sinbad back in the oh 90s. My. Oh, you ever seen that movie? I'm we sorry. should have started this yes. interview
0: off with House these. Is one
1: of the greatest. People don't know about that one.
0: <laughs> All, All right,
2: right. On in the pre here's a war one, one that just questions. popped into my head. Here's, here's a here's a war right. one that popped into my head. Tom Hanks has a really bad time in France. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, Saving Private Ryan.
2: There you go. See, I, I can give you softballs.
1: I there can do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's what, and yeah. that's what she said. So,
2: (laughs) you got it. You got any more there, Bruce? How many more you got? Well, I've got. I had some, but now I'm afraid to even. All right, let's do this one. If you shag your teacher, you can be the best of the best, even after buzzing the tower. I know this.
1: No, you don't, because I was inverted.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Goose. You guys, yeah. you guys
1: have a script. See, I know what's going on. You guys have the script. That's what this is. No, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. They're all I just
0: no, I know. came up. I, I do have a, a
1: I do have an empty
0: can of this. That's what I have. <laughs> kind of the it vinegar tastes like, THC tastes like, vinegar. It tastes like nail polish. Just that was top, That was Top Gun, by the way. Top gun, top man. Gun. Oh, top gun. Yeah. Buzzing the tower. Shags his teacher. Kelly okay. McGillis. You've lost. That love, that love and feeling. And feeling. Uh, Whoa, that love, feeling. Again, another
1: movie shot. Uh, okay.
0: You know, close to Nebraska. Well, no, but, not really. It was
1: in Miramar. <laughs> um, let me see if I can throw one. All right, at you guys. I mean, you guys should know this one. Um, House guest. How about uh, no? Crazy, <laughs> cra- crazy, man controls controls bus all day. Sweet.
2: Crazy man.
1: Okay, there you go. Yeah. You got it. Nice. Nice. Speed. Immediately. That was not this bad.
0: Is awesome. This has been great, Matt. Thank you for uh, joining us today. Of course, uh, Packers without borders all the way from around the world. Quarterback, Matt, any last thoughts about the Super Bowl? What's your, what's your Super Bowl prediction, Matt, before we go?
1: Chiefs and Chiefs and Rams. Maybe we'll uh, get what everyone wanted a few years ago when those two teams played in the regular season. We'll just get some, you know, forty-five to fifty <laughs> score in the
2: Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be something? You know, that would be. That would be. Make it go crazy. Where can they find you, Matt, uh, on the socials, on the
1: interwebs? Yeah. So uh, you can find me. Uh, Instagram is uh, quarterback Matt. Twitter quarterback Matt. Um, shoot me a follow on there. I'm actually a little more, uh, active on Instagram than I am Twitter. Um, so, uh, you'll, you'll probably see the difference there. Um, but, uh, get on Twitter every now and then just, you know, get my sports news and stuff on that. But, uh, no, Instagram is definitely, uh, more so what I'm on. So, uh, yeah, same username though on everything. So it should be easy to remember. Um, and, uh, that, that username came from, uh, some family and friends that, uh, nicknamed me that. So that's kind of, I get that question a lot. Where'd you get that nickname? You know, that's, you know, unique. Like, you know, somebody was like, I, I could call myself guitar man, Mark, or, you know, something like that, or <laughs> <laughs> Art, Carson ladies, man, Matt. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> so, so, uh, you know, I, I was like, somebody just started calling me that. So a lot of people, they'll just, you know, they'll call me QB Mad, or, you know, that's kind of been my nickname. So it just nice. kind of came about. So yeah, but same username on everything.
0: This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack
2: Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide. Cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego.
0: You talk, I like the way you walk. When you walk that walk and talk that talk, you knock me out, ran all over my feet. Bang, 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 you shut me right down. like it like that.